I'd, I'd like for us to do something before, uh, before we get started. Uh, somebody said one time, there is a method to my madness. How, how many times have you ever, have you ever done this, clapped your hands? You really did it because somebody leading said, let's do this. I'd, I'd like for us tonight, just take a moment. Not because anybody has said do it. But let's reach inside of us for about 10 seconds, 15. And let's just praise him for what he is, for who he is. Would you let's do that all over the house. Let's just praise him a little bit. Thank you, Lord. My soul doth magnify you tonight. Hallelujah. My soul doth magnify you, Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My soul doth magnify you, God. My soul doth magnify you. The book of Matthew chapter 1, I'd like for you to notice verse 3. Every, every day, every day, that from Monday through today, I have, as most speakers do, I've walked the, the tightrope of just knowing, trying to know what is the mind of God for tonight, what is the will of God for tonight. Uh, said to Brother Hunt last night at the end of the service, I said it feels so good when that burden has lifted. But it starts up soon after that. I, I do, I just, I, I'm convinced what I'm going to share with you is the mind of God. But I beg of you tonight, please don't take anything that I say as just sermon material. I'm a driven man tonight. Spend time with him as uh, you have, Brother Hunt has, uh, Pastor Sullivan, Brother Brown. I want God to thunder in this house tonight. I want him to do something that, that, that heretofore has not been done this week. Book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. First four words in the verse. And... Judas begat Phares. And Judas begat Phares. Right. Now, that, that comes from the genealogy, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so and all that. That's the part we usually skip over when we're reading through the Bible because names are too hard and it's kind of boring. But contained in those four words, I believe some of the greatest deliverance in all of the Word of God. Tyler, my message is simply Judah begat Phares. May please don't mind it. Help us preach. You may be seated. Sit down, please. Don't sit down on me. Help me for the next little while, if you will, please. I don't get nervous if you say amen. If you jump up and holler hallelujah, I will not get nervous. Is it just me or does anybody else 
in this house tonight have a sense that the 21st century church needs a breakthrough. I'm absolutely convinced that the church as a whole needs a breakthrough. The Baptist church, the Methodist church, the independent church, the Pentecostal church, fundamental church, evangelical church, black church, white church, red church, the first church, the second church. I'm, I'm just absolutely persuaded that the church individually and the church collectively needs a breakthrough. Uh, the church needs a breakthrough in prayer. We do a lot of praying without praying. And, and the church needs a breakthrough in prayer. I could chase a rabbit there. I'm, I'm not going to do that. We, we need a breakthrough in song. We need a breakthrough of deliverance. It seems that everywhere I go, people of God are under attack. People are having things happen to them. Uh, you know, the, the, be it cancer or, or something else. Uh, it seems the church of God, the church of the living God is under attack. We need a breakthrough uh, of deliverance and healing and of miracles and, and salvations. People uh, don't seem to experience the kind of conviction that one time gripped the nation. We simply need a breakthrough. Somebody recently said uh, of the church that the church is composed of uh, three elements. They, the church is composed of, number one, the remnant. I think we belong to that. Said it, it has a second element, and that is the Laodicean element. And then the third element, they said, is the apostate element. All of that can't be the true church, but they say there are three elements, you know, that are represented or representative of the church, at least in the mind of man. A breakthrough, though, suggests suggests difficulty and opposition. And that may be the reason uh, we haven't had breakthrough in a lot of areas because it is, it is a challenge. It is difficult. There is opposition. The very word suggests that there's a battle, that there is a fight, that there has been an assault. It will require toil or effort or labor or strain, simply put. If you need breakthrough, usually it won't be easy. Don't everybody shout at one time. Now the snake lives in the same world with the salmon and the crocodile lives in the same world with cotton and poison ivy lives in the same world with the poinsettia and poison, you know, sometimes in the same room with medicine and uh, hospitals stand uh, on the same street with the house of God and the cemetery is located down the road from the daycare center. Fire and water on the same planet, day and night on this same earth. Good and bad, pleasant and unpleasant, polar opposites. Yet the Bible said, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If it's good, praise Him. If it's bad, praise Him. If it's daylight, praise Him. If it's dark, praise Him. Let everything, if what you're going through is poison, praise him. If what you're going through is poinsettia, then praise him. All I'm saying is on this planet, there's going to be good and bad, and it doesn't matter whether you're in one or the other. You ought to praise God. I, I did say, please don't take anything that I say as just sermon material. Uh, it seems to me that, that believers, the church, has lost the perspective of the majesty and the might of praise. 
We have developed prayer teams in the church over the last decade or so. Uh, you know, we, we've developed that and uh, it's, been, it's been merchandised and it's been marketed. Uh, but what we need more than anything is not a praise team. But we need a life of praise hearts filled with praise. It's not, it's not just something we do for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning. It seems that we have forgotten the majesty and the might of praise. Praise is so powerful until when, uh, you know, when, when God created everything, the morning stars shouted together and the sons of God sang for joy, sang together and shouted for joy. I am of the persuasion that no life, no church ought to be without praise. I, I am further persuaded that there are divine dynamics that are set into play with powerful results when holy praise is offered by holy people unto a thrice holy God. That there is such a place for praise in the church. I believe that it releases things that you and I have no idea but in the realm of the divine and in the realm of the spirit when people praise God not you know not out of duty uh, you're not for show but when they praise God because they know this touches the heart of God Almighty I believe that something happens now the fatalist cannot praise God because his underlying philosophy will not permit it the pessimist cannot sing songs of joy and praise because it has no supporting ideology or perspective uh, if you are a student of the book then you might know that the first Bible use of the word praise is found in the book of Genesis chapter 29. Uh, you'll find it in verse 35. Uh, and it's used by the most unlikely person in all of the word of God. A woman by the name of Leah. Uh, she used the word. As a matter of fact, uh, if, that, if that Bible means anything, if what it says is true, if the law of first mention means anything, if it's accurate at all, uh, then Lord, then Leah birth praise in the in that 29th chapter of the book of Genesis. It was birth doing a, a very difficult time in her life. She gave birth to the fourth son of Jacob, a man who apparently didn't love her from all that I read. Uh, he really didn't love Leah. He worked for seven years for her sister and really never worked for Leah. Anybody hear what I'm saying? He loved Rachel and he tolerated Leah at his birth, that is at that fourth son's birth she said now will I praise the Lord and she named that boy Judah which simply means praise anybody hear me she said, now will I praise the Lord. She hadn't done it at those other births. You see, every other time, she's more focused on Jacob. But there came a time that she stopped focusing on the man and started focusing on God. She said, now will I praise the Lord. It was a difficult thing. She birthed praise. Uh, you know like I do, that's what Judah means. Now the second use of the word appears 20 chapters later. Chapter 49 verse 8. This time it's Judah's father that uses the word. He said, Judah whom thy brethren shall praise. And then he made another statement. He said, thy hand shall be in the neck 
of thine enemies. There's something about praise, child of God. There's something about praise that will put the hand of God in the neck of your enemy. Doesn't matter what you're facing, something about praise will arrest the enemy. Somebody shout with me just a little bit. But right here, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Now, oftentimes, child of God, praise has to be birthed. Don't shout tomorrow. Let me preach tonight. Has to be. I'm not. It has to be birth. Lips and limbs, heart and hands, words and works. The first time we see praise in the scripture, praise was birth. According to the word of God, she gave birth to that boy and then called him praise. There are times, I'm sure you've been there, there are times when praise has to come out of great strain and great effort. You got bad news from the doctor, from the lawyer, from the banker. It doesn't matter from your child, from the school. It doesn't matter. And the praise God becomes a child. Sure, it's not easy to praise God when you just got bad news. Friend of mine back home, young daughter, she just had a procedure last week. Found out that, you know, a nodule in her thyroid, discolored and larger than it ought to be. Found out the other day it's cancerous, but it hadn't spread anywhere else in, in the body. I'm just saying to you, it's hard to praise God when you find out the doctors have said you got cancer in your body. Sometimes, folks, you gotta birth it. Sometimes you gotta push. Sometimes you gotta strain. Sometimes you gotta labor at somebody. Or to help me just you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't roll out of you like a river all the time. Sometimes you gotta push yourself to praise God Almighty. Praise sometimes is a painful thing when you know that's what you ought to do but everything inside you says I can praise arises out of expectation but sometimes it's out of painful expectation you need God to move something says what if he doesn't you need God to show up. Something says what? If he does it, it's painful. Expectation. I found out that true praise comes through blood and water. Amen. If the law first mention means anything, when that boy named praise was born, he came through blood and water. Now the Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That means the drunk, the skunk, the punk can praise him. But the truest praise comes through blood and water. The life that's been washed in the blood, that's been cleansed by the water of the Spirit and the water of the Word, that praise is the most pure praise you'll find under the sun. It came through blood and water. Praise comes after the water breaks. Ask any mama that's had a baby. You know, when that water breaks, you better find the delivery room. Yeah, that's right. Anybody hear what I'm saying? 
I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, mentioned it last night, when, when that water, when that water broke out of that rock, one of the greatest miracles that ever occurred in that wilderness, I'm just telling you, deliverance from thirst and death happened after the water broke. I'm telling you, folks, it's after the water broke over my soul and over my life that I was changed by the power of God. Something about praise coming out of a redeemed vessel makes a difference in the annals of heaven. Anybody hear what I'm telling you? Something about praise coming out of a saved life does something in the kingdom of God. Now, praise oftentimes comes out of an ugly place. Oftentimes comes out of an ugly place. Now, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. I may not be, but it could be. I believe the Bible all but tells us that Leah was ugly. Oh, there ain't no young girl here named Leah. I've had that happen a couple of times. Based upon the word of God, the Bible says that Rachel was beautiful. When I was in school and teachers taught us about conjunctions and if you're, if you're reading something, get to the word but. Something's about to change. Said Rachel was beautiful, but Leah was tender. Now some say that just means she had blue eyes. She's an Arab girl with blue eyes. All right. That ain't how I read it. Rachel was beautiful, but Leah was ugly. She'll only be ugly for 45 minutes. When I'm finished, you can make her beautiful. Here's my point. My point is that sometimes the most beautiful praise comes out of the ugliest experience you could ever walk through in your life when everybody else is falling by the wayside, when their faith is failing them, when they say, I didn't buy this, I didn't get in this thing for this, and this is more than I can take, and they start falling by the wayside. I'm telling you, it's when the load is so heavy, you can't put one foot in front of the other. When things are so bad, you gotta look up and see bottom. It's when those things happen that praise is perfected in the life of a believer. Lord, help me tonight. If you will, in your spare time, take my word for it right now, but in your spare time, just verify it. If you look in the word of God between Genesis 29 and Genesis 49, the first and the second mention of the word praise you'll find an unusual name emerges. And that is the word Pharaohs. 
between praise in, in 29, praise in 49, this name Pharez emerges and it emerges in chapter 38. Here's, here's what I want you to notice, folks. I, the, the word Pharez, I might as well just tell you now, the word Pharez means breakthrough. You never see breakthrough before praise. Right, right. That's good. Shout tomorrow. I said you never see breakthrough before praise. Breakthrough always comes after praise. But you don't praise him one time and stop. Breakthrough always comes up between the praises. Anybody hearing me? I said breakthrough always comes up between the praises. It never showed up prior to praise, but it always shows up between the praises. Now, I, you know, I could talk about the number one Bible numerology. I won't do that. Uh, but I'm telling you that breakthrough showed up right before the second praise. The number two in Bible numerology uh, it represents division and opposition and enmity and oppression. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes it's difficult to keep on praising. Uh, but I'm telling you that breakthrough will come if you consistently praise God. And if it doesn't get better, God, I'm going to praise you. If the door doesn't open, I'm, I'm still going to praise you. If it doesn't happen the way I want I'm still gonna preach. Raise your hands, love God all over this house. Would you please? Something wonderful happened between those praises, and it's called breakthrough. There's always a battle before blessing. There'll always be battle before breakthrough, and there'll be no triumph unless you're tried. And there'll be no testimony unless you're tested. There'll be no message without a mess, and there'll be no resurrection without a crucifixion. I'm telling you that there'll be times God will turn the sun to midnight. He'll snatch the bottom out of your world, and God's going to see if you love him for him or if you love him for what he does for you. If you love the blessing or if you love the blesser, God controls the light switch and sometimes he'll put out the lights. Something wonderful happened. Breakthrough rose up between the praises. It was during the time, I told you number two represents opposition, enmity. Uh, you know, it, it represents oppression and division. Pharaoh's breakthrough rose up during a time of opposition in the word of God, enmity. Reading through this book, I discovered that in the middle of a story, the Holy Ghost inserted a story. Right, right. God is telling a story about Joseph. And Joseph is sold. He's betrayed. 
stripped of his coat of many colors, thrown in a pit, pulled out, sold to human traffickers, tied to the tail of a camel, and led down to Egypt and sold a second time. Everybody with me? It's when he is being sold to Potiphar that the Holy Ghost interrupts the story. How many of you know that by the time you get to the end of chapter 37 and prior to, at the start of chapter 39, there's oppression and enmity everywhere. Brothers hate him. They sold him, lied about his well-being. Daddy said, no doubt some animals ripped him to pieces. My boy is dead. It's in the middle of that that the Holy Ghost inserts a story. The story happens to be about that fourth son, Judah. Judah married a woman and she bore him three sons and then she died. The Bible said that oldest boy, Ur, but was just, he was just mean, bad, and God killed him. Second boy was supposed to take that first boy's wife, raise a, a children, seed unto him, and he wouldn't do it, so God killed him. Well, he had one boy left. He had one boy left. Uh, and and uh, that, that daughter-in-law who had been married to Ur and then she was married to, to, to Onan, the second one, uh, he said to her, go home to your daddy's house. And said... When, when Sheila's grown, I'll give him to you to be a husband. You just had to, she, I had to slow down here so you, you get all of this. And so she went home to her daddy's house and she waited uh, for, for Judah to give Sheila to her and, and he never did. So one day she said, I'm tired of this. And she dressed like a harlot and sat on the street. Judah's on his way to shear sheep. And he sees her, his wife's dead, he sees her, makes an arrangement to spend the night with her. Uh, and and uh, he said, what will you charge me? She said, what about a ram out of the flock? He said, that's good. And she said, but how do I know you're going to pay me? And he said, well, you tell me. She said, I'll take that ring and I'll take that bracelet and I'll take his staff. So we gave him, idiot. Spent the night with her, part of the night anyway, and then he left. Sent that ram by a friend of his. Friend came and said, where's the harlot that was here last night? They said, son, ain't been no harlot around here. He said she was right here. They said, son, ain't been no harlot around here. Went back and told Judah. Judah said, we got to find her. She's going to ruin us. All right. They, they couldn't find her for... Nine months. Well, not that long. When they found out she was pregnant, however long that took. So somebody told Judah, said, said uh, uh, you, you know, she's, Tamar's played the harlot. She's with child. And he said, bring her. We'll burn her. So they brought her. Uh, they going to kill her. They going to burn her. And she said, just before you strike them three torches, tell me who belongs to this ring and this bracelet and this staff, All right. it took Judah's breath away. Right. He 
said, she's been more righteous than me. I promised her that youngest boy. Now I want to fast forward. The nine months are up. She's in labor and there's a midwife attending her. And they know it's going to be a rough road. All right. uh, so the midwife is attending her. She goes into labor. And, and she soon finds out she don't have twins. Two of them. So while she's attending Tamar, one of them babies is in the birth channel. He's getting ready. Brother McDonald said he's getting ready to discover the world. But he sticks his hand out of her body and she ties a scarlet thread to his hand. And then he withdraws that hand. He pulls it back in. Everybody with me? All right. Then the next thing that happens is a boy comes into this world that ain't got no scarlet thread around his wrist. And she said, how did you do this? She said, this breach be upon you. Now, I, I guess I just need to plow here. How many of you know the midwife understood it. I bet you she won't know RN. No OBGYN, whatever that is. But she knew something's wrong here. She knew the boy that she tied that scarlet thread around his, around his wrist. He should have came out first. It's impossible for him to be in that birth channel and that other boy come out first. Y'all dead bunch right there. You shout tomorrow. It's impossible for that one boy to be in the birth channel and the other boy to be born. And she wants to know what the baby did. All the baby did was come into this world. God was the one that shifted things. Follow this with me. You know what she did? She marked them boys. That first one stuck out his hand. She tied that scarlet thread around him and said, this one came out first. You're the firstborn. You're going to get the double portion. You're going to get the blessing. When she marked him, she marked the other boy. She said, in essence, you won't get the blessing. You won't get the double portion. And you know when that boy pulled his hand back in, I believe that's when God pulled that baby out of the birth channel and move the other one into the birth channel. Brother Jones, I don't believe that. I, I, it's hard to believe that a rooster crowed uh, on to on key or that a donkey talked, ain't it? I, I'm moving on. Here's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter to me if people mark you. Do not live by another person marking you. God pays no attention to it. She marked the one boy to be born first and God just stepped by her and switched them boys and the other boy was marked. That's breakthrough. It's when miraculously God shifts things and turns things around and it doesn't happen the way man predicted it would happen. So, that, 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 that boy without the scarlet thread was born first and they called him Pharez, 
which means breakthrough. Now, this is the reason the Holy Ghost inserted that story in chapter 38 between David being sold into chapter 37 and bought beginning in chapter 39. I believe God inserted the story to tell us no matter how dark it is and if it still gets worse down the road and it did for Joseph. Amen. I am the God of breakthrough. I am the God of breakthrough. So he's born. He's born. The other boy is born. And a couple of truths I want to point out. And then we're going to pray here in a little bit. But, but praise always. I've said it another way, but I'm, I'm going to say it this way right now. Praise always precedes breakthrough. There's something dynamic about praise uh, that, that shifts things in the, in the spirit world that we don't understand. I'm not talking mysticism. God, God instituted praise. I'm telling you folks, God devoted one entire book in that Old Testament to praise. So I'm just saying to you, praise is so powerful that if you need breakthrough tonight, then what you ought to do is just begin to praise God. I'm not talking about a show. I'm talking about out of your innermost being, out of the depth of what and who you are, out of all of your love and affection for God Almighty. God, I need you to turn this. I need you to turn this. I need you to stay the hand of the devil and death and disease. I need breakthrough and praise him when you see no natural reason to praise him. Where Pharez means to burst forth. It literally means to break through. Now the Bible said, Matthew 1 3, and Judas begat Pharez. Next few words says, and Zerah of Thamar. Now, I didn't look at you, that don't mean nothing. That first boy that was born, I told you they called him Pharaoh's, that simply means breakthrough. The second boy that was born, he was the one that had been marked for the firstborn. Right. They named him Zerah. That simply means rising, such as the sun rising. It means radiance and brightness. But when that sun comes up and all of the darkness flees. That, that, that's what Zerah means. But let me, let me show you what God showed me some time ago. Breakthrough very often will come before daybreak. you know day didn't break when breakthrough came 
There'll be times when it's still dark, when it looks like the answer's never going to come, when it looks like the sun ain't ever going to come up. It should have been up by now. There will be times in the great economy of God that God will send you breakthrough before he ever sends you daybreak. He'll send you breakthrough before the light ever comes on in your world. Oftentimes, it is before daybreak. Praise was the swaddling cloth worn by the world when it was born. Right. Morning stars sang together. Sons of God shouted for joy. When history as you and I know it tonight closes on this earth, Praise is going to saturate the atmosphere. The only book to disclose more praise than the book of the Revelation is the book of Psalms. In the scene in Revelation chapter 4, it's a scene of unprecedented praise. The praises of the four creatures spark the praises of the elders. And they leave their thrones and they bow down before the throne of God. In chapter 5, there are many angels numbering thousands upon thousands. 10,000 10, times 10,000. They're all singing, worthy is the Lamb to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory glory and praise. Anybody hear what I'm saying to you before there's daybreak what you and I ought to do is say worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. I'll praise you in the dark until you send my daybreak. I'll praise you until my breakthrough comes. Anybody hear what I'm saying tonight? There's something about praise that'll make you and the answer will come because God is moved by praise. Oh God. The last word in the Bible is one linked to praise. It is simply Amen. Let it be so. Amen. You need healing in your body. You're hurting worse than you ever hurt. You read Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24. With the stripes we are healed, by stripes we were healed. You still hurting. And you say, Musician singers going to come. I was away from home in a meeting, having problems. There's a pain in, in my mouth. Had a headache for a couple of days. Last day of the meeting, I was laying down, couldn't rest, couldn't sleep, hurting too bad. 
went to church, preached that night, drove home about two and a half hours, got home and my mouth was hurting so bad I could hardly live. Got everything in the house, went to bed, couldn't sleep. It's like every 15 seconds, it felt like my mouth was going to explode, throbbing. It would subside and then start over. It's just a vicious cycle. So I said, if I can't sleep, I'll pray. Slid out of the bed, down beside it. In a little bit, I heard this noise at the door. My wife was already in bed. I had to work the next day, so I'm in another room and heard this noise at the door. It's, it's my wife. Didn't have to look up. I knew it was her. Sat down beside me. What's wrong? I told her. She just laid her hand on my shoulder and started praying. I'm telling you, it's still throbbing. It felt like my jaw was going to explode. I can't tell you that I heard a word she said, but I knew she was praying. And she asked me, I wanted something for pain. I said, no. She said, you probably, I, I'm not a medicine person. She said, you probably need to take something. It, it, it'll probably help you. And I said, okay. So she gave me the pill. And in time, I just, I just crawled back in the bed. And that pain is still coming and going. Reaches a height, subsides. I thought I would go mad. But it happened so subtly. I didn't, I didn't even realize it. I soon fell asleep. I woke up the next morning and my mouth wasn't hurting and I had this bitter taste in my mouth. I never went to the doctor, but wife and son said, you probably had an abscess tooth. I said, don't care what it was, it's gone now. I'm just telling you folks that before there was ever daylight, God sent me breakthrough in the night. I found out later on when I was able to go to the dentist that there's a pinhole right to the gum line that went straight into that nerve. That's where all my problem came from. But on that Wednesday night, somewhere between midnight and daybreak, God sent me breakthrough. Where, where are you? What do you need God to do tonight? Not Friday. Not Sunday. But what do you need God to do tonight what breakthrough do you need from God I could stand here and call, call uh, some situations to your attention and you could call some to mine I'm just saying to you tonight that there is something about heartfelt praise that pours out of our redeemed soul that is a precursor. It 
that Bible means anything. It is a precursor to breakthrough. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, Brother Clinton said you don't, when the Holy Ghost comes, you don't have to jiggle no jaws. When it is the genuine infilling, they don't have to take you to a Sunday school class and give you a few syllables until you go home and practice it. No. When the Holy Ghost fills you, you will speak fluently in the Spirit. Don't know what your needs are. You may be like me. You may have sons. While I'm here preaching to you and your children, I have two sons on their way to hell. I'm trying my best to believe God they're not going to die and be lost for eternity. Everybody with me? How many of you would raise your hand and say, Preacher, I need breakthrough tonight. I need breakthrough tonight. Every night that I have invited you to these orders I've invited you to come down here and kneel I, I want to do something a little different tonight I, I want you to come and stand and I want you to praise God not, not just platitudes not something you've just learned but reach down inside you and praise him with the most holy praise you can Get out of your innermost being. I have an answer to your dilemma, saith God. I have a response to your pain, to your hurt, to your misery. But before my answer comes, saith the Lord, I need to hear your voice. I need to know that you acknowledge that I am your God and you praise me as such. This night I wait upon you to call my name in adoration. Even while you are yet in your pain, even before the breakthrough comes, I wait to hear your voice, saith God. To know that your heart loves me and that you know and that you trust in me that I will not leave you and I will not forsake you and that you love me in spite of your hurt, in spite of your confusion, Hallelujah. you know that I am your God. Hallelujah. I long to hear your voice this night, said the Lord. And I invite you to come and lift your voice unto me in worship. And I will show forth my power in your heart and life. Of that you can be assured, saith God. Let your hand love him real quick. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. 
You say tonight, I will praise you. Something in me has to. Would you come all over this house? Would you present yourselves before God Almighty? Preachers that'll help us pray. Would you come believers that'll help us pray? People in this house really need a breakthrough. They are coming. God wants to hear our voices. You're my God. In the midst of my pain, you are my God. The darkest hour of my night. He wants to hear your voice. If you, if you say something in me has to praise Him, then by all means praise Him. Let's believe God for miracles. Let's believe God for answers to prayer. But let Him hear your voice tonight. He said, I'm waiting to hear your voice. Come on, 